Well, it's August in Washington, D.C., and I have had one person so far say one good thing about August in Washington, D.C. Um, and in fact, what she said was a true thing. She said that August is actually wonderful in at least one way, which is that the city kind of clears out. Becomes a little quieter, the traffic becomes a little more bearable, um, museums become less crowded, and all of that is true. And of course, why is that true? Because everybody's at the beach. <laughs> or it seems to be. Many people are far away. And for me, as a Californian who's new here, just moved here, um, I am thinking about the beach. And I am thinking about one of my favorite things that I get to do that I won't be getting to do very much in my new life, which is surfing. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I did get to go surfing was earlier this summer. And it, I was going out to a place. Now, first of all, let me just be very clear. I am not a great surfer. I love surfing. I love to be out in the water. If I catch waves and ride them well, it's a total bonus. But just being out in the water does so much for me. Um, and I was out earlier in the summer with somebody that I don't know very well. It's my brother-in-law's half-brother. And so he, by the way, lives in Hawaii, where he's lived for many years. And he's out in the water all the time. And so he wanted to go to this place. It was a little above my normal level, but I thought I'd be up for it. And we got onto our boards, and we're paddling out over the water, and the reef is really far out. It didn't look as far out when we first got in the water. <laughs> and we're paddling, and we're, we're far from the shore. We're also far from the reef to which we are going. And just to set the scene a little, we're gliding over the blue water. Who knows what animals are swimming beneath us. And as we're going, and just as my arms are starting to burn, it happens, and he goes all theological on me. This is, a, this is an occupational hazard of being a priest. <laughs> you never know when it's going to happen, and it happened at that moment. Now, I should say um, it happens in different ways when people go deep into theology when you least expect it. Um, in this case, he is a person who didn't grow up in the church, and he had a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions and this was his chance to talk with a priest, and here we were out in the middle of the ocean. And interestingly, he had written, he'd read a book not long before by a surfer who had become a devout Buddhist. And we were talking about some of the concepts in Buddhism, and one of the key concepts, if you know this, about some of the fundamentals of Buddhism is the concept that in life there is suffering. I think they may even say life is suffering. But then you ask the question, why? Why is there suffering? Why is suffering seemingly inevitable for so many? Well, the answer is that we become very attached. It's our nature, our human nature. We get attached to things, and it turns out that everything changes. And so when we get attached to these things and then they change or they slip away, we suffer. So the answer, of course, if you ask any Buddhist, they will tell you the answer is non-attachment. Not being attached to these things of the world that are going to change and slip away and move so that you can be liberated, that you can be free. 
In Christianity, we don't use that word non-attachment, but perhaps we should, or perhaps we need a different word, because actually, this is something that Jesus taught about all the time. And it's a hard teaching, maybe not one of the teachings that we like to dwell on because it flies in the face of the way that we tend to live our lives, and we don't want to change that. But Jesus says that, and he says that so clearly in the gospel this morning, this very mysterious gospel, where he says that really where we need to be putting our hearts, putting all of our attention, putting our faith is in those things that will not fade away, but in those things which will be eternal, those things that will last. He says the famous line, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So put your treasure in heaven. It's much easier to say than to do, but we are being asked to do it, to practice non-attachment, to try it, and to see what kind of liberation might come from it. Well, Jesus says another very mysterious thing in this very passage. Later on in the passage, he talks about how the coming of the Son of Man is going to come like a thief in the night. It's going to come when we least expect it. What a funny thing that he's essentially saying he, the Son of Man, who is coming again, will come like a thief. It's not the image that you think of Jesus. We think of Jesus the good shepherd. We think of Jesus the way, but Jesus the thief who's going to come when we least expect it into our homes. And then you have to ask, what is this thief going to steal? I think the answer is, this thief is going to come and steal the old way so that we will now be free for a new way. So that we will be open to what surprises might really be in store. It's always about the kingdom of God, and I think that Often there is this view that the kingdom of God is either above or it's way in the future, but what Jesus is really saying all the time is the kingdom of God is around us, and the door to enter into it is going to come in the most surprising times and the most surprising ways, and will you be ready? Will you be unattached enough that you can step into it when that door presents itself? And I think we are in need of being open and ready and prepared to do new things and to change because this week in particular, you've probably noticed how the conversation nationally about racism has been growing and growing. Conversation that we need to have and the only way that real progress is going to be made is if new ways are going to be embraced. If people are going to be able to let go of models and views and mindsets that they have been attached to and holding on to and clinging to and maybe be surprised by an openness to something totally new that needs to happen. And there's hope. In this first reading that we had, that or the, the epistle reading rather, the letter to the Hebrews, is such a beautiful statement that begins that reading that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. And you know, that really does describe the faith of a surfer. You've heard the concept of praying for surf. Well, when you're in the water, one of the things that I love so much about that sport is that 
the waves are constantly changing and the waves are constantly coming and going so that when they do come, every time you see that opportunity and a wave does materialize and present itself, you shout for joy. And it's the most amazing thing because what you're doing is you're looking out on the horizon, you're scanning the horizon and you see nothing. Then all of a sudden the wave is there out of nothing the wonderful thing to remember is that actually the wave was there before, you just couldn't see it because the conditions hadn't aligned yet for that wave to rise up on that horizon. But the wave was actually there. The swell was already coming from some far-off storm. But just as it gets near you, when the depth of the reef and the other aspects of the tides all align, then that wave becomes something that you can see and it becomes something incredible. But it was there before, but it was unseen. The conviction of things unseen. And I believe that there are things unseen, miracles yet to be manifest, that actually already are here. And we'll see them soon. We haven't seen them yet. And we're being asked to be part of that, part of that movement. The final thing that I'll say today about surfing at least, is that one of the great lessons of faith, too, that surfers learn is that when you step on that board and you're sliding down that wall of water, it always, to me, feels like it shouldn't be possible. And there are actually aspects of you where you're programmed and your body's actually telling you, don't do it. <laughs> this is wrong. This shouldn't happen. And you have to override that, and you have to have faith, which is a physical thing, where you actually put all of your weight into what you're doing with trust. And then it works. And it can't work any other way. If you have skied, it's something like that. You can't ski on your heels holding back. You can only really ski when you lean in, when you give yourself with some courage to what you're doing. I believe that's what we're being asked to do, just like with surfing. You can learn about it, you can study up, you can think about faith, you can think about surfing, but it doesn't happen until you step in and you give of yourself fully. And I believe that God has things that are invisible now but will become visible soon in store for us and for our world. And that God will use us like the water to make the waves which will become powerful and beautiful and part of God's way of making it, it, to make it a little more on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.